Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It's a Wednesday morning here, PFT Live. You see the scroll. All of the NFL teams changing their profile picture to the number three worn by Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, with prayers sent in his direction. DeMar Hamlin continues to be in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. As we come on the air, we are here to provide any and all updates as they may become available The latest statement was yesterday afternoon from the Buffalo Bills that DeMar Hamlin spent Monday night in the intensive care unit and remains there today, Tuesday, in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. We are grateful and thankful for the outpouring of support we have received thus far. And the outpouring has been overwhelming. It's been significant. A lot of people are struggling with this. It's something that traumatized not just the people who were there in the stadium, not just the people on the field, not just the people in the stands, but the people who were watching. It was collective trauma that millions experienced because millions were tuned in. That's one of the realities, Chris, of the NFL attracting such a massive audience to its games. You have plenty of people who experienced that, and people were struggling with it yesterday, and it's a weird feeling to be struggling with something that you weren't there to witness, but you saw it through your TV, and you experienced the coverage And I heard from a lot of people yesterday who were having a hard time and uh, still have a a hard time. And we still wait for news on the condition of DeMar Hamlin, as we all hope to hear good news sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a jarring incident. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, watch the news and hear a newscaster tell you about something bad that happened. It's another thing to witness it live, you know, on national TV and then see replays of it and then to see the emotions of teammates and friends and everybody else who's around there. 
just it 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 hits you in your soul because it's one of those moments where it's just oh my gosh we're watching this in live action and somebody could be dying i mean that's where we were and it it does it it just pierces through your soul that way let alone we care about people we don't want to see that happen to anybody and then on top of that it's not just people it's a professional football player, and and we know you know the Buffalo Bills, and we know people associated with that organization. So for people like you and me, it hits home. And then the other thing, it's like this is let's be serious. Football's America's sport. Period. There's nothing bigger in our country than the National Football League. It's the biggest thing we got going as far as entertainment, and. It just that took a little bit of a blow on Monday night. It just as far as oh man, this kind of hurts the mojo of the game, and it all so it's like everything encompassed of it. Not only the mojo of the game, the mojo of the season, um, you know, a little bit of a black eye on the sport. There's just so many things, and I think it's natural. I felt very gloomy myself all day yesterday, and still feel that way when I woke up this morning because of this incident. Yeah, I've been following this sport for 50 years now, and there's never been a time that it just felt like the NFL world stopped spinning. And to have that happen as the season approaches its final act, at least as far as the regular season is concerned, that just was strange. Everything about it has been strange, and the primary concern has been and continues to be the condition of DeMar Hamlin. Also, the mental health and well-being of the members of the Buffalo Bills, the coaches, the players, the entire organization, the Cincinnati Bengals as well, and all NFL players and coaching staff, specifically the players, though, because as it currently stands, Chris, there's a game in three days, two of them. Is Will there? players yeah. be right. ready? Right. Three days, yeah. Still, Week 18 is still on. We're going to talk more about that coming up. But my point for now is the broader notion that three days from now, the Chiefs and the Raiders play, and then the Jaguars and the Texans play for the AFC South division title. Just saying that still seems trite. We're all still getting our legs and finding our balance to talk about things unrelated to DeMar Hamlin. But my point is this. Will all of the players be ready to go, mentally ready to go? They may tell themselves they are, and, and maybe once they're out there, they're, they'll feel fine. But I think crossing the thick white stripe on the sideline is going to be different now than it's ever been. For them and for their family members. We spent a lot of time talking about Tua Tonga-Vailoa's family and how they may be feeling and must be feeling about his long-term and short-term health and well-being, worrying about that next time his head hits the turf because that's how he's gotten injured multiple times this year. Now you've got every family member of every NFL player fearful that what happened to DeMar Hamlin can happen to their father, husband, son, friend, nephew, cousin, someone they know and someone they care about. Even though 
you take a step back from it and say, well, it's still incredibly rare. The data point's now there. The worst case scenarios happened. And it's just part of what everyone has to process to get to the point where guys can play. You know, whenever somebody retires from football, whether you call it retire, whether you would call it, you know, people will say, oh, he's quitting. Look, my position always is this game is too hard, too demanding, and the risks are too great to have someone play who doesn't want to. Colts fans are still mad at Andrew Luck. Look, if he doesn't want to go do it, he shouldn't do it. No one who doesn't want to, who feels any hesitation about it, shouldn't do it. And I don't, Chris, I don't know. There's no manual. There's no playbook. There's no standard operating procedure. I don't know. Will all players be ready to go on Saturday? Will they just be acting like they're ready to go because it's a macho sport and that's what you're supposed to do? That's the concern I have for players, not just on the Bills and Bengals, but players on every team. Yeah, I I, I hear you. I do. I mean, it's uh, I I do feel like it's a group that would be ready to go, you know, but but uh, that doesn't like you know hold true for every player on every team. I mean, when you first bring up that statement. Hands down, right away, I just go, I don't know if it's fair for the Bills. That's for sure. Right off the bat. You just go, I, I, that is a different story. I mean, come on. Yesterday, we know they weren't preparing for a football game. Or if they were, you know, yeah, some coaches were. I mean, how much work did they get done? It's a major distraction, right? Uh, the players, I mean, from what I know, some stayed in Buffalo, right? Or did some come back? I don't know. I heard mixed stories there. Either way, they're all over the place. That's going to overtake the building today. Still, the emotions there. So that's really the team I think of. Yes, it's going to be in the back of the mind of a lot of players in the NFL. There's no question. It's it's kind of, hey, listen, the gift and the curse and the beauty of football. That's it, why... I used to get nervous going to see my dad play football or my mom would get nervous to watch me play football because, yeah, it's a great sport and it's intense, but you also knew, hey, someone could get hurt out here and that adds to the intrigue, right? This is just one where it went, whoa, this is not just injury or fear. This is death, and that's where it hits home. But, you know, again, it's, it's like you said, it's a horrible incident. But we're in hundreds of thousands of football players over time. It's never happened. You know, look at me. I'm a poster child. Whoa, put that on the, you know, the new doctor's chart. You can lose your spleen and almost bleed internally and die. Okay, well, it happened to me. I'm the only one that I know that came at least that close. I'm the only one since. So, yes, I mean, it's a horrible incident. But And hopefully we can continue to prepare for it. But ho- hopefully we can also put it into the terms that you're saying that, you know, this is a sport that's been going on for a long time. It's never happened. It's a shame it did happen. And hopefully it doesn't happen again. Or if it does, it's a long, long time from now. And that's the struggle, Chris. That's the push and yeah. pull. That's the tension that I think this sport is experiencing because and we talked about this some yesterday. We're so conditioned to the next man up mentality. Yeah. Player gets injured, player exits, new player enters, game keeps going. Season keeps going. We've said many times in the past, established players lost to injury early in the year, out of sight, out of mind. We've talked about how 
great players of the not-too-distant past retire, and you hear their name four years later, and you say, I remember oh, that man. guy. Oh, man, he was good. I'd I kind forgot of about forgotten that. about it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I'd kind of for Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes was damn good, right? But <laughs> right. if they don't make it to the Hall of Fame, yeah. you, kind of, you kind of like have to, for some of them, you have to stop and think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, when, when Miles Austin had the issue that yeah. I still have issues concerns with, with right. the, the way that that's handled. With, right. with the, I have issues with the NFL's issue with $50 <laughs> here or there on, on uh, basketball sports, wagering right. through, through, through sports books that sponsor the NFL. I, it's like Miles Austin, Miles Austin. Damn, he was good. He had 1,300 receiving yards in 2009. And it's just not my aging brain. It's That's the way it is. The shield, which is like on the front of that train with all the 32 cars for each team, it just keeps going. And so that's where we are now, and we're all working our way through this because, hey, folks, they issued the statement yesterday, and we'll be talking about that more coming up. Week 18 is still on. So uh, we're, that's what we're all trying to process. And we think a lot of you out there listening to watching PFT Live on Peacock, Sirius XM 85, Sky Sports NFL podcast are dealing with the same feelings we're dealing with. We're not trying to make it about us. We're trying to help you. We're trying to relate to you. And we like to think that you're dealing with the same issues we're dealing with. And we're all trying to figure out how to how to just kind of. You know, when a train gets started again after it's been completely stopped, it's just kind of it's got it's got to work its way. And we're kind of oh, working our way no back doubt. to moving again because it eventually will. Yeah. And inevitably we were, will. I was going to say, Mike, and Monday night. Right. I mean, we were at like almost a pinnacle. I mean, that's where I think it's also extra jarring. We we're sitting there in a the moment. I'm going, I'm literally like had said 20 times before the game started to my wife. I can't wait for the game to start. I I'm, I'm cannot wait. Let's go sit down. Here we go. Right? Burrow. Boom, boom, boom. Here comes Josh Allen. Oh, my gosh. They go down the field. It was hard work, but they got the field goal. Oh, no. Here comes the Bengals again. I mean, it was setting up to where you're going, this looks like it could be fun. This is going to be an awesome one. Whoa, big completion to T. Higgins. Oh, what's the matter? Somebody's hurt. Oh, man. Oh, it looks kind of serious. All right. Well, we'll be back. What? You come back from the next break, and it's like, What? Oh, my gosh. I mean, your heart went into your throat. You're seeing people walk around talking to themselves, saying prayers. You knew, like, right then something was really seriously happening. That, I think, added to it, Mike. You're right. It's hard to get it going. And that's, to me, like, the, the big question is, do you get it going and to start the healing process and honor DeMar Hamlin? Or is it too hard to get it going and – you back off. I think that's the, the million-dollar question here. And, you know, I'm one to tend to go, let's go forward. Let's honor them that way. That's the best way to heal. But I know not everybody else is like that. And, and that's where it's a very tough question for the NFL. Well, something I said yesterday, the NFL's position is they'll make decisions about the Bills-Bengals game and the schedule generally at yeah. the appropriate time. The problem is time is going to make the decisions for you. Right. Because there isn't much of it. Because this isn't September. When 9-11 happened in 2001, the NFL had the luxury, not that there was any luxury happening at the time, but it had the benefit of time. It took week two of the 2001 season and tacked it on to the back end 
moved the playoffs back a week and eliminated the two-week stretch between conference championships and the Super Bowl. That was the solution that eventually was devised. But there wasn't that urgency of we are ticking toward week 18 and wild card weekend and divisional round. And it's, it's different this time. And everyone's just trying to do the best they can. Uh, and everybody's going to handle these situations differently. And we're just all trying to get through it as that train slowly begins to roll again. The Hamlin family issued a statement yesterday on behalf of our family. We want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. We're deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans across the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who have provided exceptional care to DeMar. We feel so blessed to be part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Zach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion means the world to us. Keep DeMar in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. DeMar Hamlin's uncle was making the rounds last night on various outlets with some additional information. It's not official family information. I'm kind of torn on that because I know that things very easily can. It's encouraging what's been out there. But it's not official family statements. So I, I, I said early on, we're only going to dabble in official statements because it's easy to put an official statement together and get it out there. We're waiting for official word from the Bills, from DeMar Hamlin's family, from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center or the NFL. That's still kind of the holding pattern we're in. And we've been waiting for more information, Chris. But but there are some encouraging signs. Um, and. And we just we hope we hope at this point that when there is news, it will be good news. And uh, uh, that can happen at any moment. And we just kind of continue to be waiting and watching for that. Yeah, that's that's all we can do. We just, you know, sit here, hope to hear something positive to go. Okay, you know, we turn the corner here. We may we're out of the woods or, you know, we're going to survive. That's 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 all we want to hear really at this point. That's, I think, what everybody in the NFL community is waiting for. And, you know, again, it's it's an unbelievable situation. But you know, the Hamlin family, they've handled it, you know, pretty spectacularly. The NFL has been great. I mean, Zach Taylor and the Bengals seemed great. You know, Sean McDermott, you go down the list. And I think, you know, again, the NFL is is showing how – you know, the brotherhood of the league and how tight it is. And, you know, it's there's a human element that I think a lot of people, as you discuss all the time when it comes to contracts and, and all of that, that people kind of just swipe under the rug. Uh, they just go, well, they're, they're entities, entertain us, hit each other, all of that. Uh, but you see here that it is a group of caring people throughout. It's It's some of the most caring people I have ever known have been teammates and coaches and you know, they go all in on football. They go all in on life, too. And we're getting to experience that and see that. And it's been cool to see the outreach and just even by the NFL fans and that community. It's extended to that to just show you how special, you know, football is in this country and how it's hit everybody. It's just everybody. When kids come home from school, yeah, everybody in school was talking about this. I mean, it's, it's shockwaves. It's America's game. Nobody loves, I mean, nobody loves this sport more than this country, and it's the, it's the sport of our country right now. And uh, it's, it's shockwaves right now through everybody. As the football world keeps turning, and it inevitably will, 
it will be interesting to see whether the attitudes change of people who have not regarded football players as human beings, who will sit back with their arms crossed saying, entertain me, people who get upset when college players make a decision for their own health and well-being not to play in a bowl game because they are at the point where their ship has come in and they're finally going to be properly compensated for their efforts, for their skills, and for the risks they take. That's part of what guys are being paid for, the risk they take by going out there. And that risk has now been crystallized for all of us to see. Will our attitudes collectively shift? Will there be a different viewpoint? Will management of these teams view players differently? Because right or wrong, we know how it goes. They're commodities. They're parts in this football machine. There are 32 football machines, and the parts are always going to change. The only question is when. When is this part coming out and a new part going in, and why? Is it going to be because this part isn't good enough, or it's broken, or it chooses to exit the football machine? That's the way teams think of players. We know that. Chris, I've been close to the game long enough, and I've been in enough facilities, and I've seen the names on the board, and it's that you have to be that way yes. in order to properly function. It's you have out. to get to the point where it's, it's just – it's not – it's the humanity – has to be set aside when it comes to making decisions in the best interest of the team. What I hope moving forward is there's a way, and we hear from time to time that the NFL would like to find ways to more humanely deal with, you know, what used to be the the main focal point of the Hard Knocks series, the reason people tuned in, the awkward meeting between the coach or the GM and the player who's being released. Real human drama, and we get to eavesdrop on it. That's, to the credit of the NFL, that's fallen out of that series. Those are intensely personal human moments, and that's the moment where the humanity intersects with that notion that you're just pushing buttons and pulling out pieces and putting pieces in, and this is what we do for the best interest of the team. And I I just... I'm curious, as a student of human nature, I'm curious to see how fans and media and owners and people in the league office, people who will be negotiating collective bargaining agreements in the future, changes to the CBA maybe sooner than that, how this will affect how they view the men who put on the uniforms, transform into superheroes, and go out there and play a game after a reminder that, they're human just like the rest of us. A lot of us already knew that. It'll be interesting going forward to see whether that's a more universal position yeah. that people take and a, and a realization that people come to. Yeah, I hope hope so. I mean, that, that's the hope, right? That that just does it does hit home and it doesn't become so cutthroat and so hey, screw you. Where's my fantasy points? Hey, screw you. You didn't win today. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope there is a little bit more humanity involved and in the overall outlook by fans and, you know, w- more than just what have you done lately for me, you know, on my for my football team, for my fantasy, whatever else. And, and I think that's that's kind of what we're talking about here. 
Uh, and, and and the big thing and, is... And when we're done with you, and, and when and when it's over, you're just gone. You're done. You're forgotten. Yeah, I mean, that's just, part of what needs to be changed, too. Yeah, it's... it's we it's, can't just forget the guys who have done it in the past. It's a, it's a tough balance there. It is. And, you know, that, that is. It's it's part of the league. Like we, like we, you know, like we talked about, it's, it's, it continues to move. The train keeps going. It's constant new entertainment and challenges that the league delivers us, which makes it so great. But, yeah, I mean, to your point... Peyton Manning retired and football kept going as awesome as it was. And you're like, well, I can't imagine football without Peyton Manning. It kept rolling the next year. And that, I mean, to your point there, yes. Think about players that were much lesser than Peyton Manning and how easily they're forgotten, not only, you know, through the fan bases, through the national media, but geez, just locally, you know, there are organizations that they played for for maybe five years and, and that local media forgets about them. It's, it's a brutal sport. It really is. It's awesome and brutal, and that's what makes it so great, and that's why we all tune in, you know, because there is this balance of life and cutthroat and business and physicality and danger, and it all meshes together on Sunday afternoons for the best entertainment you can see, and it's still the best entertainment you can see. We just took a, we took a right hook here in this one right now, and we're all wobbly and like, what the hell's going on here? And we're trying to stagger and, and get back together here to where we can get things going again and, and get some forward momentum. And it's just hard to get it going like you were talking about earlier, just with it you know, being so somber and us not knowing the, the, the status of DeMar Hamlin. One of the most encouraging developments, and this is something that restores faith in humanity for many at a time when, based upon the past five, six, seven years, our faith in our fellow man has been shaken. Yeah. We have become tribes living under the same umbrella. We've become two different nations in many respects, inhabiting the borders of one country. This is the kind of thing that brings people together, and this is the kind of thing that makes people say, you know what, maybe we still can find a path to uniting, to the way things used to be before we became so fractured as a people. I'm looking at the current status of the GoFundMe page that was set up in 2020 by DeMar Hamlin to raise $2,500 for a community toy drive to, a, to help children affected by the pandemic. He understood at the end of that year, given everything that happened, people losing jobs, where's the money going to come from when it's time to buy Christmas presents? So 2500 was the initial goal, and as you see on the screen, it has now sailed north of $6 million. Amazing. Which is just incredible and it shows that people care if people care and people want to express concern and this is the only way to do it short of making a pilgrimage to the university of cincinnati medical center which plenty of people have done this is a way that we can show that we care about tamar hamlin we care about his family we care about the cause that is important to him and oh by the way there is a giant pile of resources now available to do plenty of good when DeMar Hamlin is able. And and that's what's so good about this, Chris. We don't know if and when he's ever going to play football again. We won't begin to know the answer to those questions. But he's going to have a real project, a real reason to sustain himself if he can't play football again because he's going to be in a position where he can direct a lot of good with a lot of money that people continue to donate and I think this number is going to keep going up and up and up and he's going to be in a position to do a lot of good with that and to help his community 
in Pittsburgh, Buffalo. He's going to be able to do a lot of good with this. And uh, that, that's been the most encouraging thing that I've seen coming out of a horrible situation. Yeah, uh, that, that's right. But it's, it's awesome to see, you know, the, the outreach here and how much people do care and the humanity of it all. And I think that's also what's making it tough on this situation is, you know, it, it's, it just seems like this is a really good guy. Like, that, that's the other thing that's really hard. You hear, you know, players, and, of course, you read certain things, and just this right here with the GoFundMe page and his, you know, ability to chart, start this charity in 2020 and, like you said, deliver presents for, for kids and all that. You know, I think that makes it even worse. You just go, oh, man, you know, this is, this is a, a caring guy that's, that's, that's hurt right now and, and fighting for his life and seems like, man, people really like this guy. And he's been a good person, and it's just that's where I think it hurts, you know, extra as a human being here. And, you know, when you hear Mike Tomlin and other people around football kind of discuss and bring up the guy's name, and he's not even, you know, the coach of the Buffalo Bills, uh, I think those words kind of hit, you know, hit home even harder because you just start to realize, man, just as this, this guy is, he seemed really awesome. And does seem really awesome. It just it just it's just it makes it worse to having to deal with this situation with a human being like this. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, we'll let you hear a little bit from Mike Tomlin, who spoke to reporters yesterday and spoke in very glowing positive terms about Damar Hamlin. We'll do that when this Wednesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle. And with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta, because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh, before I open up for questions, I'll I'll say this about uh, Demar Hamlin. Um, man, it's a really personal thing for me, uh, being a Pittsburgher, and, and that young man being a Pittsburgher. I've known that guy probably since he was about twelve. Um, just got a lot of res- respect and love for him as a human being. Um, his commitment to the pursuit of his uh, goals and dreams of doing what it is he's doing right now, which is playing in the NFL and. To watch him make personal decisions and, and, and make that a realization, um, it's just an honor to get to know young people like that. 
um, had an opportunity to express that to him whenever I see him. We've played Buffalo um, each of the last two seasons, and he and I get to have a moment um, because it's just cool to 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 not only appreciate these guys in terms of where they are now, but to to know them since they were younger people and to to watch their maturation, their development, to watch them, um, you know, earn what they've been chasing. Um, it's just really a, a cool thing, and he's an example of that. I got a lot of love for that young man. We lifted he, him and that organization up in prayer, um, reached out to Sean McDermott to lend whatever assistance I could. Um, but um, I don't have a lot to add other than that. Um, I just respect the fact that you guys appreciate how personal it is for for me, not only for me, but just for all of us um, as people that, that thrive in this space. Um, that's not obviously something that you ever want to see. Again, Mike Tomlin talking about Damar Hamlin. We're back on PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. And we appreciate everyone sticking with us yesterday and today as we work our way through this. Damar Hamlin grew up in McKees Rocks, a suburb of Pittsburgh. Went to Pittsburgh Central Catholic High School. Chose to stay at Pitt. Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com did a story about Damar Hamlin last year. And part of it delved into his decision to stay in the area. He's got a very young brother, a seven-year-old brother. And he wanted to be there to provide an example for him, to be around for him, to help mentor his brother. And that's why he stayed at the University of Pittsburgh. So very deep ties to the Pittsburgh area and now Buffalo and uh, uh, great comments from Mike Tomlin. But just an illustration, you know, 10 years goes by like that. Goes, you know, go from a, a little boy running around and then all of a sudden you're a grown man playing in the NFL. And uh, Mike Tomlin's been there every step of the way to see the growth and the maturity and the development of DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, Mike Tomlin's awesome. We know that. We talk about him all the time. He couldn't have said it much better right there. Um, he is a guy that I know, you know, firsthand, and, and I know firsthand that he cares about people as about as much as anybody I've ever been around. That's why his teams always fight for him and always battle back because he shows them, yeah, you know, they know that he's in the foxhole with them and he's their buddy. And yeah, he might yell at them and expect more, but they know that he's got their back. And that's that's the beauty of Mike Tomlin. He's awesome that way. And uh, I'm sure this did hit home. You know, he's he's got he's got kids. He understands that. And as like a professional and especially in football, when it comes to that sport and how hard it is to make it, it just it hurts you extra when you go, wait. Here's kid who did everything right, you know, young man, you know, now now a grown man and still doing everything right, and everything's going in the right direction, and then it's just the world gets blown up for that that guy. That's that's what makes it even harder. A young man who's you know at the pinnacle and things have, you know, really shook out in a way to where he's succeeding in life and starting to take advantage of. You know, some of those opportunities and now, you know, it, it, it all goes to the, the back seat here and we just we just hope he lives and survives. I mean, that's where we're at. And I think that's where it's just, you know, it's extra jarring when it, you talk about a young man who's kind of living his dream and then see that get crushed.
As everything was unfolding on Monday night, the NFL held a media conference call just after midnight on Tuesday morning. And Jeff Miller, the executive VP responsible for public relations, responding to a question from a member of the Buffalo media, said that any decisions about the resumption of the game are immaterial for now, and we will have that conversation at the appropriate time. That was as of 12.15-ish a.m. on Tuesday. Later in the day, the NFL issued a statement that the Bills-Bengals game will not resume this week. And that was the, the language that we used. And there's the statement on the screen if you're watching. It won't resume this week. Doesn't mean it's canceled. Doesn't mean it will never resume. It just means they won't play it again this week. Now, as we mentioned earlier, this is a very delicate moment in the scheduling of the season, the culmination of the regular season. The playoffs are looming. There are very real consequences from a strategic and competitive standpoint as it relates to whether or not that game gets played and when it gets played. And, Chris, I I really don't know what the right answer is. I don't think anybody knows what the right answer is. There is no perfect solution to this. So what the NFL needs to do is identify all of the options and pick the best bad one and understand that there has to be an outcome. It's not going to be perfect. There will be people who are disadvantaged by it. And so what? And I'd like to think, you know, somebody said to me yesterday, well, there's always going to be somebody who complains about whatever. Hopefully in this instance, we all are sufficiently mature that no one will complain. You know, people complained loudly that the Seahawks-Rams game won't be played at the same time as the Lions-Packers game because the Lions players will have less motivation if they know the Seahawks have won and they've knocked the Lions. Those kinds of – and I understand – People feel very strongly about their team, so they're going to have those concerns when they feel like they have gotten the short end of the scheduling stick. I'd like to think that whatever outcome the NFL chooses here, those complaints will will fall by the wayside, Chris, and people will just accept that the NFL picked the best bad outcome and tried to move forward. Yeah. I mean, it it stinks. That stinks. And, yeah, we'd all like to see it to be fair. But, you know, life's not fair. Ask Damar Hamlin. I mean, ask his family. It's just not fair sometimes. That's the way it is. And you got to roll with it and and deal with it. And, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. And, you know, I I look at it and go, okay, well, wait, wait. We can all – we can bump things back a week like you've talked about. There's two options that at least jump out into my mind, right? Bump things back a week, and then we don't get that week off in between the championship games and the Super Bowl. Championship games a week before the Super Bowl, they roll right into it the next week and play the game. That's been done a lot through the history of the Super Bowl. You know, not a ton, but I know, yes, you talked about with 9-11. There was other years, you know, where uh, the schedule fell out way. Like, I remember the Raiders-Buccaneers Super Bowl. You know, they didn't they, – that was a no weeks off type of year where they went right into it so it can be done that way or you just go everybody all right you just go hey the Bengals and bills game they didn't get to play and yeah 
They're they're not going to be the number one seed in the AFC playoffs now, and it it stinks and all that. Yes, it, it's we just got to continue to roll, and you know they're going to have to overcome that obstacle, and it's just the way the 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 league played out this year. And then, you know, and, and maybe the silver lining is, hey, you didn't play a full game in week 17, so you kind of got a bye week right there, and your team's fresh going into week 18 and the wild card round. You know, so I don't know. Those are two things that at least pop through my brain, Mike. I mean, what, what say you here? Well, I, we identified four options last night. I want to work through them with you and get your thoughts on each one and just kind of flesh out how they would work and yeah. the pros and the cons. And, again, it's the best of bad options. There is no – right solution hopefully the nfl at the end of the day does the right thing the first option would be the simplest and the easiest you just don't play the game bills Bengals never gets played again it's over it's done it's a no contest and we move forward with week 18 which means the bills would have to be ready to go sunday at home against the patriots the Bengals would have to be ready to go sunday at home against the Ravens. Everyone else would play as scheduled. Chiefs Raiders, Titans Jaguars on Saturday. Bills Bengals never gets played, and the final seeding in the AFC gets determined based on winning percentage. And as you suggested, the Bills would lose the number one seed if the Chiefs beat the Raiders. If the Chiefs lose to the Raiders and the Bills beat the Patriots, the Bills are the one seed. The Ravens have no shot at the AFC North title if Bills Bengals isn't played because even if the Ravens would complete the season sweep of the Bengals on Sunday, right. the Bengals would have a better winning percentage based on 16 games versus 17, and the Bengals would win the division. Again, Ravens may feel that's unfair, but as you said, there's going to be elements of this that aren't fair, and you just have to hope that people are sufficiently mature to accept it and move forward. So that, to me, is the simplest outcome. I don't know it's the one the NFL is going to pick, but that's the simplest one. And there are people that I've talked to within the broader league apparatus who just think we should not play this Bills-Bengals game. There is too much negative. There is too much bad karma associated with it. We should not, we should not reconvene those teams on that field to play that game. I, I would agree with that. I, I feel like this is one where you just move on, and it's unfortunate and yeah, it tips the scales a little bit of competitive, you know, advantage, disadvantage, but not so greatly so to where we go, oh man, this is so skewed and one team's got total advantage here. I mean, again, we're we're we we've we've we we've already seen, you know, Buffalo go to Kansas City and beat them there this year. We saw Cincinnati beat them Kansas City in the AFC championship game. Uh so it stinks, but yeah, I that's the one that makes the most sense to me, Mike, right there. And and it does. I I I don't I don't want to see that game as a standalone game this weekend either. You're right. It's just got bad karma, bad juju around it. I don't want to see it. Let's just let's chalk it up to see you later. And if they play each other again in a few weeks, then we'll so be it. That'll even be weird then. That's going to be weird. That's, you know, that's the other thing I thought about yesterday going, man, if they play each other in the divisional champion, divisional round or the championship round, that's still going to be weird karma on the field that day. It's just going to be odd but i, I might least it'll be in buffalo yeah at least it would be in buffalo yeah that's right that's a, that's a, that's, that's the, a positive you're right they, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be back yeah. on that field in cincinnati that's the right. next two options are related i'm going to i'm going to push these together and i'll give you the twist on each one um one would be to play the bills bengal's game this weekend as the only game and you and i i think have kind of t- 
talk through to the point where we're not comfortable with that game being played at all, especially not on a standalone only game of the weekend basis. But you could you could play that game this weekend, push week 18 back a week, and then pick everything up afterward. That's a way if you if you are determined to get every game played, that's one way to do it. Right? All right. We get we get Bills Bengals done this weekend as Awkward as that may seem to us to have to reconvene that game and imagine how it would be for the people who have to actually go out on the field and play that game on that same field. And then week 18 goes back a week. The regular season ends. The playoffs start. It's compressed. The week off in between conference championships and the Super Bowl goes away. One drawback to that beyond playing that game is that you've got teams that aren't going to the playoffs and – would probably like to just get it over with. Yeah, definitely. Why do we want to wait a week? Why do the Texans and Colts want to wait a week? Like, who cares about Texans, Colts? It's for nothing. They just want to get that game over with and get on with their offseason, get on with their lives. We don't want to prolong this lost season. And there are ultimately 18 teams that don't make it. Now, a few of them are still alive in the hunt for a postseason berth. But, what, 15 teams know they're done at this point? So that's one of the problems with that approach. Yeah. If you delay week 18 for any reason, if it's just we're going to take this week off altogether, that's the other option that I'm, I'm going to mash together with this. We play no games this weekend, give everyone a chance to reset, give all players a chance to mentally process what happened on Monday night, whether they witnessed it firsthand or, or not. You've got a bunch of teams out there that just don't want this to linger another week. Yeah, I, I I think well, that's definitely a, I mean something you got to think about. It's it it's hard. I think especially you got to think about maybe just not making anybody play if you are thinking about that. Just purely because of the Buffalo Bills more than anything, and then the Bengals second in that conversation. You know, two things, Mike. One thing I would just go to have a standalone Bengals Bills game, and if we're going to talk about the mental health of the football players, I don't think that's good for that. I don't. Oh, let's go back to the scene of the crime and have everybody think about it again and play a game there. And, oh, wait, he fell right here on this part. I, I just don't see any positive to that for the players at this point. I think it's bad. it'd be bad for the Buffalo Bills. And the, Bill, the Bills have to be the team that's got to be at the forefront of the league's thoughts here. They're the ones that have, are, I mean, they're the ones I worry about to be at the, yeah, it stinks that they might not be able to be the number one seed. Sure. But they're the ones at the most competitive disadvantage for this week as well. I mean, the fact that they got to gear up and have to try to play the Patriots, that, that's, that's tough. I, I can't imagine that a lot of guys on that team right now are real focused on X's and O's and waking up this morning even thinking about the Patriots. They're waking up, going to the facility. They're thinking about their teammate. They're probably calling people to figure out if there's any updates about that. So that's that's where... That's a weird, weird one, and I would really be opposed to them playing a standalone game uh, this weekend. That's for sure. And and that that just further reinforces the point that we made earlier that that game just shouldn't be played. No, see ya. I, I'd like to think that conversations are happening at three forty five Park Avenue, similar to our conversation, taking into account the humanity of the players. That game just shouldn't be played. And then, Chris, the next point that you make, even if that game's never played, expecting the Bills to play on Sunday That's the tough against one. the Patriots. Yes. 
But how how could you suspend that game as right. well? I know. Yeah, I don't know if you and can. And then the Bills only play 15 games? Right. I I know. But but that has to be on the table. Yeah. It has to at least be on the table. The possibility that the Bills-Patriots game is canceled. And lesser on that list, Bengals-Ravens game, canceled. We're not going to expect these two teams to play after directly witnessing what happened to DeMar Hamlin. We've, we've evaluated the individuals. We've brought in experts. I hope they're doing this. I don't know whether they are or they aren't. I know they've made resources available to whoever wants them. That's different from saying we are sending a team of mental health care professionals to Buffalo and to Cincinnati to evaluate all of these players to determine whether or not they are in the proper frame of mind to proceed with the game on Sunday. If they haven't, they should. And I know that everyone's just trying to do their best right now. We're just throwing out ideas into the ether for whoever would want to ignore them or accept them. But these are things that if we were in a brainstorming session, Chris, and they would be inclined to listen to us, I think at some point through this conversation, one of us would say, maybe we should make sure these guys are okay. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, it's perfectly fair to think that. It is. I mean, it, and, and that's where it's, you know, you said it right. It's, those two teams are in a delicate situation, especially Buffalo. That, that's where it's hard. Now, listen, as a football player – and the robot that I am and, you know, my wife will tell you that I'm, I'm annoying because I'm still like a quarterback and my day is planned out and I want to do this and I, I'm all about maximization and efficiency and let's push forward, you know. Hang on a second. Yeah. Hang on a second. In your wife's defense, you're annoying for many more reasons than that. <laughs> well, yes, so. definitely, definitely. Well, she has to experience it firsthand, so trust me, she's getting the worst of it. But as that, too, there's the side of you could play – Hey, maybe playing football and getting going is the best thing for the Buffalo Bills, too. And it might be the best way to honor your teammate. You certainly can make that. And I'm not trying to be shallow within that or anything. You know, I know for me, that would be the best part way for me to heal. Let's go forward. Let's continue to play and move and go and, you know, let's, let's compete. And, and really, us being on the field Sunday, you know, there's no better way we can honor our teammate and bring more attention to him in this situation than us going out there and winning and, and playing for him and, you know, maybe doing something in pregame and postgame that's meaningful to him and their family. So you could certainly play that angle as well. And I don't think that's a crazy thought or, or at least selfish or unthoughtful either. And it's a different mindset, Chris, if what happened to DeMar Hamlin didn't happen on the football field. Yeah. Because it's one thing to say, yeah. it's the right thing to do to honor DeMar Hamlin. We move forward. You know, if he'd been in a car accident yeah, or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. But part of this is we are going back into that space where this vague, rogue development happened out of the blue that has never been in our thought process of something that could happen to any of us. It happened to one of us. When can it happen to another one of us? How do we go out there and play knowing that this thing that we never factored into? Yeah, we know the risks generally. It's more long-term risk. The short-term risk is more broken legs. And yes, the possibility of the, we think about the broken neck that's happened. It was a Bills player, Kevin Everett, that had the most recent serious spinal cord injury. He made a full recovery, but um, it's, this is different. And I think that's, that's part of why 
there should be a team of mental health care professionals talking to every member of the Buffalo Bills roster and Bengals roster to make sure that that they're they're able and ready to go out and do this. And that would be part of the process. There's one other option yeah. I caught wind of last night. This isn't something that I thought of, um, but it's out there as a possibility. And here's how it would go, Chris. Week 18 happens as scheduled with, with Bills playing the Patriots, Ravens playing the Bengals, and all the other games. First weekend of the playoffs would be NFC wild card only and Bills-Bengals. So you'd have three NFC playoff games, two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five, and Bills versus Bengals. So there'd be four games played that weekend. The next weekend would be the AFC wild card because now we'd have the full 17 games. We'd have a fully pristine playoff tree based on everyone playing 17 games. You do the AFC wild card the next weekend. Then the weekend after that, divisional round, then conference championship, then Super Bowl with no week off in between. Again, not perfect. The one seed in the NFC would have three weeks off after the end of the season, for example. But that's an idea that I know is being discussed. I don't know that it's the solution. And again, it, it, it may not be the best of a various group of bad solutions but that one's out there as a possibility so, so it's a little convoluted it's a little clunky yeah. but it gets bills bengals played right it gets it played okay but so wait let me just make sure i understand this right but we'll like will we get on the same page for afc nfc championship game weekend or, or you, yes you, you would yes. divisional round everything's on the same page okay divisional round gotcha by the time we go to the divisional round everything's on the same page it would just be nfc wild card one week right plus bills bengals right and then we'd be able to do AFC wild card the next week. So we'd have four games first week of the playoffs, the three NFC playoff games and Bills Bengals. The second week of the playoffs would be the three AFC wild card games. Then everything would be synced up for division round. The only problem would be if the Eagles get the one seed. Yeah. They got three weeks between games. Yeah, Whoever that... gets the one seed in the NFC has three weeks between games. But but again, as as disadvantages go, because some people say, well, how's that a disadvantage? You get three weeks. Well, at a certain point, you yeah, off you got to play long, football if you want to be good Eagles, at football. And Jalen Hurts doesn't play this right. week. He's going to play six, six, seven weeks. weeks. Games. Right. So, yeah, so that that but that's I'm that's not my saying least that favorite of the options. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we've come to the conclusion that no matter when or how that game between the Bills and the Bengals just should not be played. Yeah. I think that's one thing above all else. We agree on a lot as it relates to this situation, but I think we agree primarily on the fact that that Bills Bengals should not be played and those two teams should have 16 games at most in the 2022 regular season. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. 
And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.